Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dolores Semeraro, former corporate PR girl and digital communication specialist, now hospitality speaker and trainer on a mission to help travel companies and tourism organizations to restore travel confidence. Truth Behind Travel Podcast is a weekly interview series in conversation with tourism industry leaders and travel professionals about what goes on in the industry today, how do we embark on the journey to travel recovery, and restore confidence in travel. Truth Behind Travel brings you the key facts to help you travel once again, better, easier, and smarter. This week's episode of Truth Behind Travel marks the end of 2020, coming to you on December 31st. Wow, what a year, don't you think? About three months ago, Truth Behind Travel was born to fuel a much-needed conversation around travel recovery. I called in industry colleagues, tourism leaders, hospitality professionals, all to bring you their insights, strategies, but also challenges, frustrations, fears, the truth behind the travel industry today. So, for episode 14, the last of 2020, I decided to take you back where it all started, in China. Back to 12 months ago, when just around December 2019, we were skeptically observing the evolution of a new virus outbreak in Wuhan from afar. And little did we know back then that it was meant to change our lives forever. Today on the podcast, I have invited a travel expert and Chinese digital communication specialist, the director of White Ink Communication based in Shanghai, Vanessa Zhu. She has worked with multiple tourism boards across Asia to support and develop their China strategy. So during our chat today, she tells me how this has changed, when and where Chinese will travel again, and how life in China post-COVID really feels like. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting a dear friend of mine, an industry colleague, and an expert of travel and tourism when it comes to Chinese trends, Vanessa Zhu, connecting from Shanghai. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, Doris. I'm great. So you just came back from a trip. Yes, exactly. I just come back from a trip. Uh, it was an island, uh, but uh, two hours drive from downtown Shanghai. So you're still traveling a little bit domestically these days. How does it look like? How does it feel to travel again in China? Oh, yes, definitely. I believe that travel and a holiday, no matter what kind of circumstances, is still a very essential part of everyone's life. I mean, because the COVID case is very low in China, so I consider it's a fairly safe country. Every now and then, there's still small cases there, but it's all under control, I will say. So that's actually encourages people um, to travel, to have their holiday. So many people thought that, oh, we will say bye to travel, but actually, I don't think so. The reason why I specifically wanted to have you on the podcast on the last day of the year is because we are here, look at us, 12 months later after coronavirus outbreak was first detected in China. And I'm here talking to you, connecting from Shanghai. 
how has life changed? Well, it is, uh, yes, I, I still remember about 12 years, uh, tw- sorry, 12 months ago that uh, suddenly everything got shut down. You know, we've been locked up at home. You know, we don't go out, all those kind of things. I think people, I mean, I, I'm sure all the audience are very familiar with now. I feel like right now I'm living in, in my country as there's no such COVID thing. So I have to say we are safe. After 12 months, we are here and we are still talking about coronavirus. It's a pandemic that has changed everybody's life and probably has changed the way we travel once and for all. So we have been working in the hospitality and travel industry for years now. You especially have worked with tourist boards from all around the world, helping tourism organizations, understanding and welcoming and promoting their destinations, understanding the Chinese tourists. You have, you have helped Thailand, Indonesia, uh, to name a few. The last 12 months have been incredibly difficult for the travel industry, globally speaking. How difficult was it in China? It definitely changed. I mean, I still remember 12 months ago that uh, no one can go out. You know, it's like uh, you... it's like a car driving on the highway on a high speed suddenly stopped. So I will say the first three months, everyone was spending their time, stay out of home, being locked up, try to fight with the COVID. And then seriously, I think the, the, the traveling start to picking, like a start to, to, to putting on a gear once slowly starting up, I will say, um, from May in China, uh, people start to slowly um, traveling. Uh, at the beginning, is more by uh, they're like driving by their own vehicles, um, travel by the train or airplane is still very in a low quantity. And then after the August and start from September or October, then I think the traveling start to become more and more normal right now. People tend to travel in a short distance, more likely with uh, the road trip. Luckily, China is big, so we have north, really up to north, very cold area. Right now, it's people rushing there to for their ski holiday. And, and uh, we have very south, which is Hainan Island. So that is pretty, the tiny island. I mean, many people is trying to rush there just to enjoy some slightly warm sunshine beach. Uh, some, some very rural destination um, caught people, start to get, get people's attention, such as some desert or some really, um, I will say, before people all look at uh, luxury place, luxury traveling, comfortable beach holiday. But now, more and more people like to go nature, to go wild. They they don't do that much shopping, but they like to go to somewhere like in a mountain or in a bush. Or yeah, many people this year uh, go to somewhere close to the Tibetan. You've worked very closely with many tourist boards and uh, many tourism associations, uh, either public or private sector. Because, I mean, let's be absolutely honest, up to 12 months ago, everybody wanted to have the Chinese tourists coming to their own hotels, coming to their own destinations. So 
How did that change? I think we are still the most wanted customer uh, from all different tourist board, from all different the destinations. Our countries, and and let's talk about that because Chinese travelers are not allowed to travel outside China at the moment, whilst this is quite unprecedented in the modern years uh, for Chinese not to be able to travel outside their country. Many tourism destinations are suffering from that because Chinese tourists were their prime market. So, what do you think will be the next? Top destinations for Chinese tourism when they can travel again outbound. First,、uh, I think China is still trying to very hard to 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 make it possible for people to be able to travel overseas. But it's、uh, based on let's say China right now is very safe now. But if the destination country is also safe, then it's a mutual way. I think that is also、uh, travel bubble has been built up based on this theory as well. Are you saying that there are travel bubbles between China and other countries at the moment? And if so, which one? There are travel bubbles, but right now it's more open for business travel reason. It's just like open for all kind of、uh, travel reason, but not、uh, tourism. Right now, it's it's just、uh, for if you have medical reason or family reason or like、uh, business reason. When those people coming back to China have to be sit for two weeks quarantine、um, at、uh, a quarantine hotel. So you're saying that there are different factors that that are influencing the future top destinations for Chinese tourism、um, to pick up again. And one is whether there is or not an air bubble, or another one is whether the the COVID number of cases、uh, in the destination. What is the situation? What is what is the current level of out of the outbreak in the destination of choice? And most importantly, you're saying that if the vaccine is already circulating. Among the Chinese citizens, it will be easier for them to be able to travel again. Do you think that Chinese tourists will be allowed to travel internationally only if vaccinated? Yes, I think so. Although that、uh, there's a two weeks quarantine after you come back to China,、uh, it's compulsory and it's on your own cost. But still, the government has to pay a lot of um, um, hidden expense. To build up the facility, to build up the system, everything. Therefore,、um, I think the China hasn't lifted up the tourism、uh, reason outbound travel. It's mainly because it will. If we lift it up before situation is under control and we are ready, it's going to be huge cost and a huge risk to affect the entire country. I think that's why. At the moment, there is mandatory quarantine for Chinese. Coming back into the country, the fourteen days quarantine that is at the expenses of the citizens. Chinese citizens are not allowed to travel internationally. Do you think the government will lift the quarantine first, or the travel ban to international travel first? It's not China does not allow Chinese to travel. It's like China. Allow Chinese to travel,、uh, but not for tourists.、Uh, but not for tourist reason yet. I think 
both the quarantine and the vaccine are both very important and essential. Do you think Chinese people, when they will be allowed to travel for tourism purposes internationally, will do so knowing that they have to come back in quarantine? Before COVID, ten, ten, there will be like uh, 10 people wanting to go overseas, then they just go overseas, have their holidays. But after COVID, I will say it may not be still 10 people, but I will say at least uh, eight or seven out of 10 still wanting to go out. But the only thing is, I think the method will be different because right before, um, the cost for you to go out is just whatever you spend on your trip. But now, um, plus on the actual holiday, you need to plus another two weeks on top of it. How much does it cost for our listeners to have an, uh, an understanding? How much does it cost to quarantine for two weeks in China for a Chinese person? To be honest, it's various. Because uh, first, it depends on uh, which city is um, the city you do your quarantine. Let's say you fly from uh, from uh, uh, overseas to into China. The destination will no longer be uh, like I fly from Shanghai to, let's say, if I fly from Shanghai to Japan, Normal the departures um, the departure city will be Shanghai and destination will be some city in Japan. But on the way back, but the destination could be you will be landed in Xiamen or Beijing or some other cities. Therefore, the price is really various between uh, that depends on the inbound. Uh, I mean the, the the city the fly landed. So that's the that's the city you will do your two weeks quarantine. Um, and and then the hotels are various as well. I mean, it, the, the, you have choice from three star, four star, or five star. So let's say the the average Chinese luxury traveler that goes to the Maldives in a five star resort for ten days comes back to China and must quarantine for two additional weeks, and that person will most likely go to a four star or a five star hotel. How much will that cost? 80 to 100 US dollars per day, something like that. And plus maybe $20 meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much the average spending. Yeah. And do you think the luxury, the average Chinese luxury traveler, once that person is able to travel again internationally, do you think that type of traveler will be keen to travel internationally, even though they have to? quarantine when they come back yes i think so at this it, it will become a little bit difficult but to consider that we consider that they are still experienced traveler there's some people they they just getting used to uh go overseas for example myself i'm missing to go to ski um in japan <laughs> um, if it's not covid now i should be at japan um, in Nagano ski and then spend my New Year's Eve there as well with friends, but I can't go. Tell me, the uh, you just mentioned before that the the new trends in China are showing that the Chinese travelers are very keen to travel to nature, to have that nature yeah. immer- immersions rather than prioritizing, for example, shopping and urban 
retreats and urban living. When we look at China, there's a little bit of everything for everybody. There's mountains, there's nature, there's countryside, there's deserts, there's tropical islands, there's ski resorts, there is city, there's culture, there's everything for everybody. And now that the Chinese travelers are able to travel domestically, they are making the most of it. Where are the Chinese travelers going domestically in China these days? I think like right now, because COVID travel situation, the travel industry in, in China is go, go going to a more deeper layer. So besides all those kind of common uh, scenic point or destination, now this uh, new destination has been discovered or be, you know, people, more and more people go there. For example, before uh, not that much people would like to go to desert, you know. But now people think, oh, wow, let's all go to desert. I want to try to feel there was nobody. I think one of the reasons is like uh, many Chinese people, they like to go overseas, to go to Europe, to go to Mauritius, to go somewhere, is to experience the, the nature, the scenic view that uh, they don't have in China. That's why now in China, more and more people like to go to the nature place they go to um desert they go to bush they climb mountains you know subconsciously it's also um because the is still under covid situation so um people are still a little bit cautious about COVID. So they think, okay, we're going to go to an open air place. It's going to be safe, you know, because nobody wants to wear a mask, uh, you know, on the roof. Well, that's why, like, uh, travel in nature became so popular now. When it comes to moving around in China, obviously due to the massive distances, uh, air travel was the preferred one, the very common one. Personally, when I lived in China for about seven years, uh, to move around between big cities, north to south, east to west, you had to take a plane. But I also traveled by train uh, from north to south in many occasions. So uh, when it comes to the current times, and you just said the Chinese travelers are preferring, they are answering back to this nature call they want to go back to nature they want to isolate they want to go to places where there's space where they don't have to be surrounded by other people where there's no crowd what is the favorite trans accommodation transportation and meal plan how do they travel domestically if we're talking about the means of holiday and travel i will say for transportation uh the, the amount of people driving on vehicle as the travel tool is it definitely increased a lot. And uh, train safe, people still use that, especially those kind of bullet train, you know, the fast to be the fastest speed train. So people tend to travel in a more cautious way and a more comfortable, safe way. And the other thing is things right now people cannot go overseas. So if we could have uh, some uh, non-Chinese food, but the decent is also a very good uh, suggestion. After the gate has been lifted, um, the international holiday travel will not reduce. It will be booming again, just in a new way, because we cannot erase our memories um, from the previous um, travel destination. Yes. That's why. So what do you think will be the next destination? 
the new destination definitely first it will be somewhere close to um, China. I will say Apex region. Tell me, how does life in Shanghai feels like right now? We see bits and pieces of life in Beijing, but Shanghai—it's the heartbeat of the Chinese social life, the lifestyle, the mundanity, the business, the bustling city that that we all know. How does life feels like right now in Shanghai? So I will say, <laughs> from the surface, Shanghai is still bling bling. Shanghai is even more glamorous than before. Um, but underneath there, for example, me as a Shanghainese, it's I'm more in anxiety and irritated. It's came from that you cannot go out. <laughs> you cannot. I mean, I mean, you cannot go out of China. You cannot travel to those destination you used to travel to. You cannot travel the way you would like to travel. So that is the part. I have to say because this anxiety and irritation there, so it makes、uh, Shanghai much more glamorous. Which means sometimes I will just go to go to the restaurant, try something new. I will just go to a hotel, spend a weekend for a vacation. If a friend just say, "Hey, Vanessa, shall we just go to Beijing because it just snowed?" I said, sure. You know what? It sometimes it will take me for few days or a week to make a decision. So say, let's go for a short break holiday. It actually took me ten minutes. The next five minutes, I booked the train ticket already. This is、um, how quick right now people make a decision for a holiday. Those kind of short trips happens quite often recently. <laughs> Interesting. So you'd kind of like, okay, let's go to Beijing for a coffee and come back the day after. These are. It, it makes me think,、um, given that, as you were saying, that there's this anxiety and there's this frustration for wealthy travelers, wealthy citizens, or also just travel connoisseurs. Really, people that are used to travel, people that love. And and cherish those memories, those experiences that they do when they travel. That they have. There's a lot more staycation going on. People are going more to the hotels for a weekend or a few more days. Going to the spa, trying new restaurants, going to Beijing for a coffee, for example. And we are broadcasting this podcast episode on the last day of 2019. Ooh, the Chinese New Year that makes me think about it, it's one of the main. Travel moments、uh, for Chinese citizens. This year will be quite different. Number one, because Chinese are not allowed to travel internationally. Number two, because there is a lot more opportunities to travel domestically.、Yeah. Let's talk about the new trends. I mean, we've we've observed all these new behaviors, these patterns, and when it comes to、uh, travel internationally or domestically. Um, where do the Chinese prefer to go? Why they do so? Do you think these are trends, or are or these are new behavioral pattern that are here to stay?、Um, I will say we will not go back to before COVID. I mean, we won't and we cannot. 
the new habit has been has been created, has been formed already. The new norm has been formed already. So what is your wish for the new year? The wish for the new year, I just wish all of this can just just get over of it. And I wish like everyone could travel freely, you know, as early as possible everywhere, stay safe. And uh, yes, and I wish that, uh, yeah, everyone could just all get on top of it. Let's do something um, in the 2021. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for connecting today from Shanghai. I know it's quite late for you and I really appreciate the effort. Um, take care. All the best. And Juni, Thank you, Dolores. And thank you, uh, all the audience. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year and stay safe. Well, directly from Shanghai, this was Vanessa Ju. Did you enjoy today's episode? Personally, 2020 has been a year of change, a mindset shift, and a pattern breaker. I created and devoted this podcast to the travel industry because I believe that only a collective approach will propel us forward in the right direction. On this podcast, I will continue to use my voice and that of my guests to bring you the facts you need to travel better and smarter whenever you will be allowed to or simply when you will feel ready to. Thank you for being part of this journey with me. I have enjoyed reading your fantastic reviews. Keep them coming. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the main platforms of your favorite podcast apps. I'm also on Spotify. My New Year wish for you is to keep moving forward and take action with a positive mindset to realize all your dreams. Happy New Year.